The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. During the meditation, I was uh, remembering this wonderful teaching from Suzuki Roshi, who was the, the founder of the San Francisco Zen Center. And um, he's, he's said to have uh, taught at one, at one point or during one talk, this teaching that each of you is perfect just the way you are. And <laughs> you could use a little improvement. <laughs> and I think there's something for me that this, this line so um, perfectly expresses, maybe we could say, the two sides of our practice or two aspects of practice. Um, one, one aspect of practice um, we might call training, you know, or cultivation. And that, you know, we're learning something. We're learning how to do something. We're cultivating qualities of mindfulness, of investigation, of stillness, of calm. And in a way, it's, it's a, you know, it's not maybe that different from learning to play a musical instrument maybe learning to play a sport or it's, you know, certainly it, it's, it's closer in to, to who we are. And it's, uh, it's, you know, you know, it's different in, in, in a lot of ways in that, in that the cultivation of mindfulness touches all of us, all of who we are, but there's a, there's a, there's a certain uh, training aspect of that, that we can develop in mindfulness. And we might notice that when we first start sitting, we, it's really difficult to sort of string anything more than a couple of breaths together. You know, we'll breathe, feel. That's why I like to say in the guided meditation, just, you know, just experience one breath. You know, if I think, oh, I got to be with every breath for 30 minutes, it's impossible. And we're actually not with, we're never with every breath for 30 minutes. We're just with this, this breath, and then this breath, and then this breath. Every breath is just this breath. So um, to kind of cultivate that feeling that I'm just with this, and this just unfolds. Um, so when we first start practicing, I, you know, I certainly uh, know this feeling of the mind is all over the place. And occasionally, oh yeah, 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 the breath, or oh yeah, you know, you kind of come back and then kind of go off again for a while. And we might notice that um, over time with, with just a little bit of consistency, it's like sort of creating these grooves in the mind or grooves in the heart. And we start to uh, 
um, yeah, it just there's a, there's a, just almost the way a puppy sort of gets trained we, when we have the intention to be with the breath, the mind tends to go there and sort of relaxes into it, and it's we're not it's not struggling anymore. I'm I'm amazed with this puppy that my family and I have that it's almost like she'll she knows she can kind of read my mind. So if I just like make a little gesture or get up, you know, at the same time we're having, you know, routine is, you know, have a lot of routine and she just leaps up and runs over to her crate and gets in, you know, it's like, it's amazing where she just, you know, she, or she knows that she can, she's, you know, she's being trained in a way so she can anticipate. So there's a, so the side of practice that's training, that's, that's, very important, very valuable. And then this other side of practice, which maybe we could call expression, you know, expressing something. And I think that's what Suzuki Roshi is, is alluding to in this, this teaching with you're perfect just the way you are. You know, it doesn't mean you, we, have nothing to learn and nowhere to go to grow and and develop, but it it's touching into um, the completeness of this moment, and it's a, and to kind of express that in a way that we we don't you know this is not a self improvement project you know it's not like you get to every breath in a sitting and then we unlock the next level of the, <laughs> of the game. Um, um, so, so it's, anyway, I just offer that as a, as a to, to check in with yourself to see where do I tend to, maybe where now do I tend to, um, what side do I tend to fall on? Do, do I approach practice in a way like I've got to get something, I've got to fix my breath, got to get more concentrated, the grass is greener, um, they've got it and I don't, you know, or, or the reverse, I've got it and they don't. Um, um, and, and, and if that is our, our disposition, maybe it's helpful to bring in a little of this um, sense that nothing is missing right now. Or even if we, if we can't believe that, maybe just asking this question, what if nothing is missing right now? What if this is it? What if the Dharma is perfectly revealing itself in this moment of irritation, this moment of sadness, this moment of feeling how the foot is, has fallen asleep. What if this is a perfect expression of the Dharma? Um, and then of course, you know, the other side, if we fall on the side of, I'm already a Buddha, what is there to do? I'm just gonna sit here and wait for something. 
lightning to strike. And if I just sit like this long enough, you know, I think it was Ajahn Chah who said something like, if sitting, or was it if sitting, if, sit, if just sitting made us enlightened, then all the chickens would be, you know, would be awakened. Um, we need to do something also. We need to make effort. We need to engage. We need to um, become aware of our patterning, our conditioning of all the ways that we kind of get lost and get stuck and get deluded, you know, and to bring in some awareness and sit up a little straighter and, and bring in some intention and breathe and, you know, um, and keep coming back, you know, it's like again and again, we, we, we get lost and we come back, we get lost and we come back. So these two sides of practice, um, cultivation or training, and then expression. And, and hopefully, or maybe, or hopefully, there's a way that these come together, that these come together in us. There's doing, and then there's non-doing. And um, one of the ways I think about the path of, of mindfulness or the path of vipassana is that it's a doing that at some point begins to undo itself. The word vipassana um, is translated as to see clearly. And so, the, so this is a path of seeing more and more clearly, getting closer, getting more connected. And the more we see, the closer we are, it's sort of like the less and less we need to do, or the less and less there's a separate me who has something to do. Um, in a way, we could say it's um, a path of intimacy, of becoming more and more close, more and more intimate with our experience, with what's happening. Um, and so if we start from the side of doing, we can, it, it, as long as there's mindfulness, as long as there's um, awareness, then I have a lot of trust that that doing will, will balance itself with, with non-doing. So I wanted to share a, a line from a Zen teaching and talk about it a little bit. And it has to do with this idea of, of practice as getting closer. Practice is getting more intimate. Um, and this is a line from um, a text called Genjo Koan. And Genjo Koan is I think considered the, the summation of Zen practice from a certain style of Zen practice called Soto Zen. 
and the founder of Soto Zen was, was Dogen. And Dogen has some, I think it's like 93 teaching essays. And Genjo Koan is the first one. And it's, it's, it's sort of said to um, summarize or express, express the practice from the Zen point of view. And the, the word Genjo Koan um, is, is a teaching itself. It basically, it's, it's, it's sometimes translated as the koan of this moment, the question of this moment. Um, so it's like, how, how, how am I, how can I meet this arising present moment? Um, so, it's, so it's been translated as um, the question of this moment, the koan of the present becoming the present. Uh, I think Gill has translated it as the issue at hand. He goes, what is the issue at hand? And, you know, what is this? And this is you know, a question. This is, you know, maybe we could say this is the heart of practice. So what is this? Again and again, what is this? And so um, there's a lot of teachings packed into the Genjo Koan, but this one line was, was sort of speaking to me. So it's, when you practice intimately and return to where you are, it will be clear that nothing at all has unchanging self. When you practice intimately and return to where you are, it will be clear that nothing at all has unchanging self. We might not uh, automatically associate the word intimacy with meditation practice. You know, often the word intimacy, you know, certainly as we as we use it in the West, may refer to the closeness between people. Um, and I find it, uh, I find it intriguing and inspiring that in the, in the Buddhist tradition, um, intimacy uh, is sometimes used as another word, as a synonym for awakening or for enlightenment. So to be intimate with all things, to attain intimacy. And I, for me, it brings something that might sound very abstract, you know, what is enlightenment? What, you know, what is, what, what does that even mean? I don't know, but I kind of get a, I, I think I kind of know, get a feeling for what it would, what it, what it might mean to be intimate, to be so close. Um, and um, so it implies a knowing, 
implies a closeness. And to me, it kind of implies a oneness, that it's not the intimacy of awakening, perhaps, or the intimacy of our practice is not so much that there are separate selves and separate things that, um, that become one, but it's more like a recognition of this original oneness, the already one. You know, it's like, oh, so there's, some, there's a kind of recognition in that. And, um, and if we understand the path of practice as, as a path of becoming more and more intimate with ourselves and with others and with the world in its whole range of, 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 uh, you know, of, of experience, of range of feeling. Um, if we understand practice as this journey of intimacy, then it also helps us to see um, where we separate, where, where we have uh, barriers, you know, what are, the, what are the barriers to connection? Where do I um, want to divide and, and separate and um, you know, not feel? Just aware of the time. Um, and so, so this idea of the path of practice is very much to look at um, our defenses, our resistance, our clinging, and you know anything that 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 might block this intimacy. Um, in, I think this is the first sort of public talk I've given in a while. And, you know, want to just acknowledge everything that's uh, going on in the world from the pandemic and um, the uh, protests and increasing awareness of racism, Black Lives Matter. Um, just this morning, I was... Um, Anyway, I won't go through the whole news, but you know, it's this is happening. This is in our world. It's it, it's happening, and how do we relate to this? And 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 I guess the question for me is: What can our practice offer? What can our practice offer ourselves? And what can our practice offer the world? And what I would say is um, that if we hold this idea of intimacy. Of staying, of staying with all of the feelings and with all of the difficulty that we really want to turn away from. We really don't want to watch. We really don't want to see. We really, we don't want to talk about. It's uncomfortable. You know, there's some, some things I'll, I'll re watch the news, you know, on the computer. It's like, I don't, I don't know if I want to watch this right now or read this right now. And, and sometimes that's wise. You know, so it's not saying we just need to flood ourselves with every, you know, every sorrow and every problem in the world, but just to notice and just to, um, to hold this idea 
of um, that there's a tremendous value in 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 getting closer in staying and being willing to stay with what's difficult and so what i would say that our practice has to offer well the, the first the first um, maybe just a couple of points the first is that it's an invitation to look at ourselves and to become intimate with ourselves i think maybe it's human nature that we tend to want to look out there we look out there for the source of our problems and we look out there for our happiness we we think it's got to be you know even if we're even if we're meditators right there's got to be some secret teaching that i haven't heard right or there's got to be some great master who can just zap me and you know right so it's out there and i think the, so the first invitation to intimacy in practice is to intimacy with ourselves to meet ourselves to know ourselves and so in genjo koan maybe the most famous line of genjo koan says something like to study buddhism is to study ourselves to study buddhism to study the buddha way is to study ourselves there is no buddhism outside of ourselves what this practice is what dharma practice is is again and again being willing to look at ourselves to get close um the great uh, zen teacher and scholar shohaku okamura he he writes about this word to study and he says this is not intellectual study this is um one of the meanings of this study to study is to become familiar to become accustomed to and to become intimate with so to become intimate with the buddha way is to become intimate with ourselves and there's this very beautiful way that he describes that the character for this study or this intimacy is the character for self beneath the wings of a bird and this idea that we study ourselves we learn ourselves the way a baby bird learns to fly looking at its mother you know and the and a bird is of course born with the capacity the potential to fly but it's something that has to be cultivated it has to be learned it has to be studied so you try and fail and try again and fail and try again and fail watching the mother watching the siblings and then at some point it's like yeah i got it you know so it's that closeness that intimacy and so the way so maybe the way a bird learns to fly learns to express its full potential its full capacity for ourselves through our practice we're learning to be a person we're learning to be a, a full human being we're studying the self we're practicing the self we're becoming intimate with the self 
And so more and more, we're becoming who we are. So, so that's the first kind of intimacy. And then the second kind of intimacy, I think, is pointed to in this next line where, so, so it's to study the Buddha way, is to study the self. And then to study the self is to forget the self. To study the self, to so thoroughly study ourselves, know ourselves, um, become intimate with ourselves, that something about that self can be transcended. Something about that self can be gone beyond. You know, so one of the ways that I understand this for myself in, in my practice is like, um, the way to big mind is through small mind. The way to our, you know, sometimes they are true self or our freedom is through really getting to know this personal self, this, this psychological self, this, so we get to know, we study ourselves, we study, we get to see where do I cling? Where do I resist? Where do I overreact? And we meet all of our, our humanness with a lot of care, a lot of compassion. And little by little, we're expanding our sense of, of who we actually are. And then so this idea of to study the self is to forget the self. And then it says to forget the self is to be verified by all things to be actualized by all things. So this is like our big self, our big mind, our freedom. And I imagine it a little bit like the feeling I have is drawing a circle of love around everything that can possibly be experienced. You know, it's all us, it's all inside us, it's all included. There's nothing that's a stranger. There's nothing that's foreign. Um, um, everything is included. And then in that way, our thinking is not a problem. Our feelings are not a problem. They're not something to be gotten rid of so I can get to something called, I don't know, peace or Buddha or, you know, it's like those waves are, are, are seen or known as, as expression, as the water. You know, those waves are expressions of the Dharma. Um, so Suzuki Roshi says, waves are the practice of the water. Waves are the practice of the water. To speak of waves apart from water or water apart from waves is a delusion. Now, how wonderful is that? The water and waves are one. And it would be a shame if we spent our whole life trying to get rid of those waves 
because we have this idea that water should only be one way, perfectly still, or that's really water. So he says, water and waves are one. Big mind and small mind are, are one. Whatever you experience is an expression of big mind. So it's an expression of Dharma. Um, And I think of this as a radical intimacy. Um, And so to practice intimately and return to where we are, we see that there is nothing at all that has unchanging self. I think when we're not intimate, when we're separate, when we're confused, um, we're we're very much living in the world of concepts and the world of our ideas and opinions and preferences and discrimination. And there can be a very fixed sense of self and other. But when when we're close enough that maybe even closer than our concepts, closer than our thinking, um, we can sense into this flowing dharma, this, this this impermanence, this interconnectedness, this mutuality, You know, I am not separate from you, but I am because you are. I am because we are. Um, and, and, And the doorway to this is our mindfulness practice. The doorway to this is being awake, being alert to being, um, available to connect. Um, I just want to finish with one little story, um, if I may. I apologize, I'm a little bit over the time. But um, one of the, when I was doing a lot of Zen practice, one of my favorite parts of, so at at the Berkeley Zen Center, it was a morning sitting, so it was at 5.40 in the morning, the weekdays. It's early, you know, and, um, but one of my favorite uh, parts of the, of the morning was at the end of the meditation. The abbot, the teacher, would go to the doorway and would stand in the doorway. And as each student walked silently out of the zendo, you know, the meditation hall, we would turn and face the teacher and bow to the teacher, and the teacher would bow to us. And it was like this moment, this amazing moment of, of being seen, you know. Because Mel, the teacher, you know, he wasn't just kind of going through the moments and okay, okay, bow and bow and bow, you know. It was like to really look at each person and connect, just like just, just this moment, split second of connection, of to meet each other, for our eyes to meet each other. And then 
to bow together in this kind of harmony. And it was a moment of intimacy. And for me, it was worth, you know, I could sit in my room at home. I could sit later in the day, but it was worth getting up at five in the morning, getting in the car, driving over the bridge, you know, there was something in that, that moment of connection. And so I offer that as something that is, I think, available to each of us more than we realize. That what is it to make ourselves available for intimacy, to hold someone's gaze, you know, just a little bit longer, to look, to connect. Um, something is expressed in that, you know, we're not doing it. We don't, we don't meet each other in this way because we're, you know, because it's good for our practice, whatever that means. You know, this is an expression of our practice. This is an expression of who we are in that moment, that moment of meeting, that moment of, and so this just, what is it to go through our day to live our life in a way that we're bowing, we're bowing to everything, bowing to everything. Um, so I just like to finish with the, the rest of this, this poem, this passage from Genjo Koan. To study the Buddha way is to study the self. To study the self is to forget the self. To forget the self is to be verified by all things. To be verified by all things is to let the body and mind of self and the body and mind of others to drop away. There is a trace of realization that cannot be grasped. We endlessly express this ungraspable trace of realization. Thank you very much. And I look forward to endlessly expressing ourselves together. Thank you. Um, I have a few, thank, thank you for your attention and your, your presence. I have a few announcements. Um, one is that next Sunday, Matthew Brensilver will be giving the Sunday talk and it will be the same format that you can, you can stream it on YouTube, you can be on Zoom, and the link will be in the calendar. And there was another announcement. I think it was that if you're on YouTube right now, Yan Lee will post the link that you're welcome to come over to Zoom and then we'll have our uh, practice discussion uh, led by Tanya. So. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Tanya. <laughs>